Hey, New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. You are tuning in to the Leadership in Faith section of our podcast. Once a month, we do a gathering with business leaders from all over the city, and we bring in a keynote speaker to come in and teach us on walking with faith in the marketplace. And so what you're about to hear is something that's going to equip you, it's going to encourage you, and it's going to help you live and walk like Jesus in your day-to-day work life. We hope it blesses you. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to open us up with a word of prayer, and I'm going to hand it over to uh, the doctor of football, Fitzgerald Hill. So let's pray together. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for all that you've done. God, all that you've offered us. God, we thank you that you brought us a gospel, a message that's not just for us in our personal lives, but for the world. And so, God, we thank you that you called us together, God, that you're building us up. And we love you, Jesus. We want to learn from you. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Brunson. Um, good afternoon. Glad to, for everyone to be here today to, uh, to what, I, uh, uh, what I've been looking for for a long time uh, to get uh, Dr. Rob and Dr. Rhonda here today for, for this Leadership in Faith. Uh, we try to do this once a month, as, as Pastor Bronson mentioned, and really trying to integrate um, the day-to-day uh, faith um, in the workplace to really allow Christians to share their faith in what they do, not so much by what they say, but by how they live. And uh, these two individuals have such an outstanding uh, platform to be able to do that. And they're close friends. And, and, and today I'm going to give them an opportunity to share a little bit about how they integrate uh, their faith in the workplace based on what they do. I call them the couple with have the hands and feet of Jesus uh, because that's what they do. They're serving and help healing. And, and I have personal stories and let them share a little bit uh, about how how they're building God's kingdom through the health profession. And uh, I call Rob my, my artillery, my fire for effect that I can be out working in the communities and need something. I can call him and tell him uh, what the strike zone is and he can he can send the artillery in and uh, I'm going to give you a perfect example of that is that uh, you know our church part of our one of our outreach missions to the Little Rock School District is our 16 goal program that we do to to help the middle schools there for my mentoring program uh, uh, to be able to to help um, many of the young men who don't have fathers and we connect that through our city serve organization but up prior to COVID we were able to take uh, our young men, pick them up on the bus and take them to Arkansas Children's Hospital. When COVID happens, they eliminate that. They said, you cannot bring the children to the hospital. So we were called because I'm gonna say 70% of the population uh, uh, were not able to have physicals done. And so to be able to take the young men into the hospitals or to the doctors, they were not able to do that. So at that point, I, I was in a rock and a hard place. And so I called Rob from the medical profession and I said, hey, Rob, hey, can you help me get some doctors together uh, to be able to get these young men physicals, which I'm looking at about 170 physicals that need to take place. Fortunately, he knew of a young, he knew of a doctor who was just coming through some things that needed. And he went with me to every school to give physicals to every individual, which was the only reason over the last two years that we were able to do it. So I could see God's presence working through that to be able to make that happen. And so that was a way that Rob was able to make that happen. And so let's give that up. I didn't do any of the work though. I mean, I did, I did some of the physicals, but Dr. Rob Barrow really stepped up and helped us with that. Yeah. Then I was just sharing another story uh, about, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but 
uh, my sister-in-law had received basically what uh, Cynthia thought was a death sentence for, uh, for cancer. And, and Rob, being the sensitive person that he is, he saw said, hey, what's wrong? Just doctor said, well, my, my sister, my best friend just received a, a, a diagnosis that's, you know, that we don't know if she's gonna make it. And she said, well, let me see if I can call Rhonda and see what we can do. Last week she was with me at the tournament to watch my son because of how God works to see through the hands and feet of Jesus. So that's why I'm honored to be here with them uh, today. And I could tell story after story after story. Uh, my son pulled his hamstring and they said, oh, he'll be out for six weeks. So maybe you'll get him back for the state tournament. Uh, Sunday morning, Rob said, bring him into to the deal. After he heard it started, Sunday morning, he brought him into the, to his clinic, looked at it and said, hey, Fitz, here's what I want you to do. He said, he said, if he does what I tell him to and you pray, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. He was ready in two weeks. All right, so that's the type of people that we have here, the hands and faith of Jesus. God, you know, God's people doing God's work every day in life to bless us through the healings and the feelings of what we go through in, the, in our daily life. So, you know, Rob, before I go, I'm going to start with you, uh, um, and then I'll go to, to Rhonda. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family background, your educational background, and how you came about physical therapy. And uh, uh, did you envision what you're doing today and how you met this beautiful woman? <laughs> uh, I'll start with the most important part. I met this beautiful woman by introduction uh, with a friend of ours, Dr. Kevin Collins. Um, but with my background is I'm from northern Missouri, um, and um, there are, there, there's not a whole lot of uh, minorities, black folks, where I come from. We're 3% of the population. And so I didn't have much mentorship formally. Um, through business or anything educationally. I hadn't had a black instructor in school all the way through from kindergarten all the way through my residency programs. So I really didn't feel like I fit in, you know? And, and you know, I, I, I did okay academically um, first couple of years in high school. And then I had geometry class. Um, and I wanted to drop it. I was like, man, it's kind of hard. None of my family ever went through geometry. I'm like, I'm gonna drop this class. And, there was a coach that taught geometry named John Leinbach. He was like a four-sport letterman at the University of Missouri. So I walk up to the class. I was done with it. I was like, man, I, coach, I can't do this, so I'm going to drop the class. And he didn't even look up. He said, yeah, you can, Robbie. You can do it. I said, well, I, I want to drop the class. He said, no, no. He's a big guy. So I kind of put my head down and tucked my tail between my legs and walked out, and then I decided to apply myself. I did every since. And I ended up being a national honor student in high school and um, scored really well on the PSAT test. Um, so I got recruited to do a summer program at the University of Missouri. And uh, they put me in the Department of Nuclear Medicine. And I was there long enough to where I knew I didn't want to do that for a living <laughs> between my junior and senior year in high school. But I met the people in the physical therapy department. I was like, man, I, I can do this. It's kind of up my alley. So I applied myself. and. Went to college after my senior year in high school because I clearly wasn't as good at basketball as I thought I was. So I didn't get any decent scholarship offers, but I went to, to, to Central Missouri State and then Mizzou and just really kept working on things and trying to get better. I thought I wanted to do sports medicine 
And when I got out of school, they kept putting these spine patients on my schedule. So I figured I'd better get to where I know how to do spine work. And the thing about it is, in my profession, if you can get really good at something, chances are you're going to be okay. Just like anything else, because competence and prayer and diligence and service, you'll find a niche somewhere. And if you get decent and you work hard enough at it, that beats the person that has the relationship, okay? Because as long as somebody's got neck and back pain, I'm still in the game. I still got a shot at it. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're, if they're going to. I call them the pinball machine places, but um, you, you got a shot at it. But, but I went through a period where I, I was really doubting. I wasn't sure about faith and went through my militant phase in life and didn't really know what I believed. But I stayed in tangential connection with Christianity, and I came back. I was raised a Christian, but I came back to it. Um, it's like I tell my kids. He's like, well, you know, because I got to let them think the way they want to think. I don't want them thinking like mom and daddy thinks. We hope that they end up believing like we believe. But I tell them, like, you guys can, you can think what you want to. But in the end, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. So just working hard and, you know, going through different career stuff, I just really have found a greater comfort, especially with the church that I go to now, Faithful Temple. It's in one of our facilities. And the funny thing about it is when Beverly married, married uh, Pastor Young, I sat him down and told him, like, look, just because you're marrying a preacher doesn't mean I'm going to be going to y'all's church all the time. <laughs> and now I'm doing the devotion every Sunday, and I'm more engaged than I ever thought I'd be in church. So I thought I knew what I was going to say and do and set everything straight, and God had a different plan for my life and my tale. And... Uh, pretty much got me in full service mode. And through everything I've been through, I've learned the difference between acknowledging that God exists to actually serving. That is the greatest lesson I've ever learned. But is that enough? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, pre he's preaching. He's preaching. No, no, that's, that's awesome, man. And, you know, you see why I'm attracted to him, and it's like a mentor to me, and to be able to to take that experience and, and share the struggles of life. And as we always said, you know, iron sharpening irons and, and uh, being able to help men and, 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 and women, you know, do life. And so that takes me to you. To you, to Rhonda, Doctor Doctor Rhonda. So, share about your background and how how God placed you. This is just listening to to Rob, and, and y'all want to hear this story in, in 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 line at San Diego State, you know, which led you into the medical profession, which is God's plans for what you're doing today, and share what you do at UMS every day to to really uh, keep hope alive. First, giving honor to God and thanking all y'all for being here and all that all you who support us. But, you know, I always say through God's grace, my sister and I were talking. We couldn't believe that our mother just let us leave in school. And I went to California and she went to South Bend, Indiana. And um, I, my aunt was there and she said, well, if you come here, you gotta get back in school. She says, I know where's school and I'm gonna take you. So she took me back to high school. So I got back into high school and she said, so what's next? She says, you can stay here as long as you go to school. She says, but if you don't, if you don't go to school, you're going to have to find a place and get a job. I said, well, where's the next school? She said, well, 
I know San Diego State's about a mile from here. So we got in her Cadillac and we went down there. And she said, where do you go to register for school here? We went into that office, filled out the paperwork. And about two to three weeks later, I got accepted with, with, with you know, no plans, not knowing what I was gonna do in school. Um, so it took about a year or two to figure out what I was supposed to do and how to declare a major. And I met some kids in the center uh, where the kids hang out in college. And I said, what do you do? They said, well, I'm a pre-med student. I said, wow, that's interesting. They said, well, you can go over to the office and check. So I received lots of no's in my life. And um, God's grace always took me there. And so I went over and they said, well, you don't really fit a medical student. Um, you know, you don't have parents that were doctors. Um, you haven't taken any of the right courses in school. So I was like, okay. And it was a student behind me. They said, well, you know, they have this program at UCSD and um, you should con contact them. And they said, and the doors were open again. And I said, by God's grace, those doors were open. And they put me on the right track. And um, it took me um, six years to get through college. But when I finished, I um, was accepted to lots of medical schools. And I, I was um, shocked that you know I got into UCSD School of Medicine and went there. And um, you know God has a plan for us all. And um, when I finished medical school, my best friend and I, we were like, oh, we just hope we don't um, have to go um, back home. She was from Los Angeles and I was from Arkansas. And at the time, I'm a surgeon, um, it was very difficult for women to get into surgery. And so I said, well, I did rank Arkansas. She says, oh, and that's where I match. And <laughs> so um, I ended up after finishing high school, college, medical school back in Arkansas at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. I'd never been to Little Rock in my life. I'd never been out of, of Lival um, other than with my father in the Air Force. Oh, wow, let's give that a round of applause, how God has worked. So, and I wanna follow up on that, you know, in dealing with crisis associated with cancer, and, um, and I have a personal, I have personal trauma from that as a 19 year old. Uh, my dad at 51 died of cancer. Um, um, you know, didn't have the care. My brother at 41 died of cancer within six weeks of no finding out. So, um, you know, I still deal with that trauma today. So and you, I know you see that a lot. And, and, and so that's depressing, you know, for people to walk in, for you to read a diagnosis, a prognosis to them. Uh, how does God give you, you know, the spiritual guidance to grow hope in cases that are many times by man's standards hopeless? Because that's what I, you know, dealt with. And, and, and you know, what are you, I'm sure it's through the Holy Spirit that you get your faith, but you've been doing this quite a while. I was reading your background. And so I know that you have to get charged from someplace. Share with our audience how, how you do that. You know, when you hear the word um, cancer, everyone thinks death. I mean, and when I go in to um, see a patient, you know, I said, I don't decide on life or death. That's God's. You know, so um, patients often, we pray together. 
and um, we talk about um, receiving care. And it's, it's, it's really, really hard for individuals to dig deep sometimes when you get a, a diagnosis of something that you, you know can take your life. You know, if you have to go in for high blood pressure, you know you're fine, you're like, oh, I can take a pill. But the word cancer just scares us. And I said, you know, you just don't know that the chance of you making it home safe is, is higher and dying from a car accident, you know? So you always have to be prayed up and have faith and that God, you know, God dies, decides on life and death. Awesome. Rob, flip side, you've built a very successful physical therapy business throughout the state of Arkansas and widely respected through the United States of America for physical therapy. You lead to physical therapy minorities throughout the United States. I've had a chance to speak to your organization. And, but when I first met you, 2005. This wasn't always the case as, you know, seemed like God had you in training camp at yeah. that time. You yeah. know, you were going through, you worked health south and things are there. And, um, and and so God was developing you at that time. And you and I have both been humbled in, in, oh, yeah. in many ways, which we've shared and by God redirecting. But your life today is different than when it was when I met you. Mm -hmm. And share how, you know, that training camp, how God led you to to you know, put your faith in him through now, your business continues to grow and prosper. That's funny because you know you ask us to do this, and you really don't put everything together. We we as a couple tend to look forward instead of backward, you know. But it's I thought I was ready to have a big corporation. I thought I was, but I wasn't ready when I thought I was. Um, and I was with Health South Corporation, and I went from being a resident in a specialty called manual therapy. That's what my specialization is. And I started with them, and I learned and went through my training and stayed with the company. And then after a while, I became a senior vice president over clinical programs in North America and Great Britain. I mean, every once in a while, I get to fly on the corporate jet and doing all kind of cool stuff that I never thought I'd see when I was a kid. And then lo and behold, they have this huge accounting scandal. Okay? And... It was over. It was over. I mean, I was making six figures, and I just thought that my ship had arrived. I never planned on starting my company. Never planned on it. But I couldn't stay there. I couldn't because everybody else, they figured, well, if he's standing, he must be a crook too. So I, I, <laughs> so I got out of Dodge. And, uh, <laughs> and we, I started the company, and uh, Rhonda had been supported. We'd, we'd already been married by then, by the time this happened. She'd been supportive, and I really never planned on having my own business. But what we've done is just replicate our clinical product and take care of people and treat people the way that we'd want to be treated ourselves, have some careful growth, do little things like, you know, Leland Sykes is here, and um, he does our callbacks. What I do is I hire somebody that's retired in business to call the people that we've seen cold call to see how the first visit went so I would have an objective opinion on it and, and have a real feedback from somebody who's not in the clinic that's not smoozing with my guys that'll shoot straight with me. Because, I mean, everybody hates bad news, but I'd rather get it early to fix it. But good news is our service is pretty good. He, he doesn't get paid much for it, I can tell you that. <laughs> but it's, it's um, I've gotten some breaks because I trained for a few extra years to do what I do. So I've gotten some calls from some pro athletes that weren't doing well. And I was able to get in and, and, and correct their programs and help them get well. 
And I got some press from some of that stuff. And so from there, get some things going by the grace of God and through some relationships and being a good steward to what God has allowed me to have a shot at. Um, it's not always going to work out for you. But if you give it your best shot and try to take care of people the way that you want to be taking care of yourself, isn't that simple? I mean, that's really all he asks us to do is to love one another as he's loved us. And that means we shouldn't be doing stuff to people we wouldn't want to be done to ourselves. But that's happened in business. As my company grew, I knew that I couldn't. I didn't have $20 million to expand my business. So I went into business with this guy that begged to do business with me. And lo and behold, it didn't work out too well. Okay? Took everything I could to sever the business relationship and start all over again. You know, and I learned when somebody says, trust me, you take that from your spouse and people that have vows with you, but in business, you cannot put trust in man. Okay? Especially if you're not equally yoked. Especially if you're not equally yoked. That's one of the reasons why Ron and I get along so good is, is you know, it's, it's tough. Okay? Because this is a strong-willed woman right here. <laughs> But she's fair, and we believe the same. And we have the same work ethic. And that matters. It really does matter as, as, as you press forward with things. So what I've tried to do now is to make sure as I'm doing business with people is that we have the same belief systems and at least being fair and open and honest with things. And, you know, you pick yourself up and dust yourself off because if you, don't, if you weren't raised in a business environment and you just don't know, which I didn't know, I didn't know what to look for and what the contract should say and to never, you know, just always get it in writing and stuff like that, but I sure do now. And um, now I'm, 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 I'm more ready than I was before when I thought I was ready. And I've learned a ton about the timing belongs to God. And the preparation belongs to our responsibility. And, you know, as it's said that tomorrow's not promised to you, well, this evening's not promised to us either. So all we have is a series of right nows, a series of new hellos and a series of handshakes and a series of situations and a chance to make things a little bit better, even if you didn't do it right the first time. If we're lucky, we get a shot to do it again. But that's what I've learned and, and just... The challenge that uh, at our church in my role there is Pastor Young asked me to do devotion one Sunday. I said, well, what's that mean? He said, well, get up and say something, you know, read some scripture, whatever. You can sing if you want to. I sing about one song every three years. But I did it, and I was like, whew, I'm glad that's over. And then the next Sunday came along, he said, go ahead, do it again. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute here. <laughs> so I get up and I do it again. And then I realize, I said, man, I, I got to get ready to do this stuff. So I study to do my little five-minute devotion about four hours every week. And now I'm hooked on it. Okay? And it's just a part of my service. And there's nothing. It's a sacred challenge to address God's people. That's one thing I just don't play with. You know, you just don't be unprepared because you know you're going to answer for that. There, there's some things in the gray area, but that one thing, when, you, when you're addressing God's people, you better, you better come with the best you got, to me anyway, because I know at some point I'm going to be asked what I did and whether I gave the appropriate effort. But 
my uh, spirituality is who I am now instead of a tangential acknowledgement of God. It's a part of who I am and my interaction, and it's a lot easier now. It's not quite so foreign to me. It's a lot more real, and I'm not too sure how it happened, but it did. Well, it was always there, because I remember when I met you and we started dating, and, and it looked like it was going to turn out okay. And um, I said, well, I, I probably need to tell you this. I have a lot of debt. <laughs> and so, you know, so, you know, people always can see the um, outside, but they don't really know truly what's inside. It was all and, student uh, loan debt, so it's <laughs> legitimate. And, um, you know, just struggling um, through training and residency. And he said, you know, I know we've only been dating about six months, but, you know, why don't you just move in with me? You know, you don't have to pay anything. You can just pay your student loans. And I'm like, is this guy serious, you know? And I'm like, I don't have to pay rent. I don't have to pay anything. He was like, no, just, you know, you know, if it don't work out, you know, it just doesn't work out, but, you know, I'll give you the opportunity. And um, Kevin, who introduced us, he said, you know, see, you know, um, God is good. You know, he... he yeah, she didn't need much either, so I'd be <laughs> not too much of an increase in overhead with that. But, you know, meeting people and knowing that they're good people, you know they have to be spiritual. And I have so many people that um, are godly, you know, my pastor, all my friends that are here. And, and I always talk about First Lady Slater. I call her all the time to talk about, you know, when I want to talk about God, she gives me a word, my pastor, my sister, and all of you here. All my good friends are, know um, that we, we come from a family that believes because, you know, it, it's, it, it's not always easy. And everyone in here is probably struggling with something. And, and God doesn't ask us to be perfect. And I know I don't have to be perfect, you know, because I'll get on my knees anytime and pray because I know that is one way, you know, your heart can be touched and it can make you move on to the next thing. So I want to thank you for doing that for me. And, um, and I want to thank God's grace. Isn't that, isn't that powerful? I mean, that's just, I mean, it's just the integrity, you know, it's things that, that I, you know, I always try to say, you know, when, when, you, when you tell the truth and do right, you don't have to remember where you go or what you say, because it's always there. But, you know, it's just, it's just part of, of what you've done. But, Dr. Tillman, I, I, you know, you share your gifts of healing throughout the country to help those who are less fortunate. I know, I said, well, she's in Africa, you know, she's, she's here, and so, you know, she's over there helping women you know, dealing with the breast cancer issues throughout the country. So please share how God has orchestrated the opportunity to share around the globe to leading, helping make people's lives more comfortable and really be the hands and feet of Jesus in places where hope is not alive until organizations uh, which you work with serve to show up to, to grow hope in the hopeless. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, when I came um, back to Arkansas, it was very, very hard for me because, you know, if you live in a very rural area and you come from a very poor area, sometimes you don't have many things. And so all I wanted to do was make a difference in Arkansas. I said, maybe I can make a difference here. And um, one of my professors says, I need you to come to Africa. I need you to come to Africa. And the women are dying from breast cancer. They, they, you know, you think where you're, you're, what you're looking at is bad. I just need you to see. And I told him no. You know, and you know, because I, I didn't want to go to Africa 
at the time, I, you know. But I prayed about it, and um, he stopped talking to me. And he was one of my professors that had supported me. And um, we prayed together, and Rob and I discussed it, and I went. God's calling, he, you know, he said, you probably need to go. And when I went there, it just, it was just so touching to me. Um, they all believed, they prayed, um, and we got there, and um, we would operate from six in the morning to the, to we couldn't operate anymore, and the people would still be standing in line just for you to take a look. And so when you look at um, um, our third world countries and countries where they don't have what you have, we have so much here. God has blessed us, and I know God is everywhere. And um, so we just pray and, and, you know, try to make a difference. So we take the time and go, and, and all of you probably go and try to make a difference where you can go. But I'd never seen poverty and like I saw in Africa. So I'm glad that God gave me the, the strength and continues to give me the strength to want to get up and go and, and try to make a difference, even if it's one person um, at a time. Just speaking about, you just said, you mean you said doing surgery all day? Yeah, yeah. 18 Back hours, you know, um, because, you know, the women were there and, um, you know, it's hard to stop. You know, it's hard to say, I can't do anymore, but you continue um, because you want to make, make a difference. You want to do it. And then they, you're like, when are you coming back? Because they're going to be in the lines. And I mean, lines, you, if you, the things you see, it's, it's, it's real. And you just want to continue to give because you know that's the right thing, right thing to do. It's amazing how God, you know, using all over the world and uh, right coming right here and we just thank you and applaud you all for that and as we wrap up um, this you know we'll take a few questions from the audience but family you know the, the team that you have yeah I want you all however you want to go first this is you know share about the kids and how you realize the legacy of being passed down through your children you know I realized in Arkadelphia when I go back to my hometown how my mother's uh, community service impacted my life and, and uh, her legacy in my hometown of Arkadelphia. And Rob, I seen you out there coaching the boys in Life Champs. And uh, I saw you. And, 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 you know, how has this all been to part of, of, of your raising the children with professionals? I mean, that's, that's, that's I mean, I, I, you know, as a coach, I, something I've had to do, but, you know, how y'all sure how the Lord puts it on your heart to do that? Well, you, the, the whole thing about it is, People make the mistake of saying relationships are 50-50. You better be all in. You, everybody needs to bring 100%. Everybody needs to bring 100% because Rhonda works long hours. I, as a physical therapist, my, my responsibility is a bit more finite. I've got a structured schedule. And so we just get up and we talk about what needs to happen that day or we talk about the night before and we just get after it. And we work at it for some reason both our kids made on the roll last uh, semester, and I'm not too sure what happened. Because <laughs> we didn't do anything any different besides pray over it. Something clicked to where they both got on this honor thing, and, you know, that's the biggest blessing that we've shared in a long time. Because we worry about our kids and we pray over them, and our kids are going through a lot of challenges now. And COVID hit, and, and, and so there was a desocialization that took place with that. And, I, you know, it's just... 
trying to see if you can make an impact because I never planned on coaching my kids sports. But then I'd see these coaches that either were just coaching because there was nobody out there to coach or there was somebody that was trying to get their kid to be the quarterback that didn't have any business quarterbacking, you know, <laughs> type thing, or playing. But I ended up coaching and getting involved and doing all this different stuff. And the funny thing about that is I see these little kids now that, that we worked with 10 years ago, and they'll come running up to you and say, hey, coach, and they're looking you in the eye with a deep voice. Or these young ladies, there was one young lady that was a, a Muslim that I coached in basketball. And she had to cover herself and everything. It'd be hot in that gym, but she participated as she was with that. And I remember, you know, at the, uh, at the, uh, the award ceremony, this young lady was sitting there, and it was a Christian ceremony. And she said, well, you know, I just don't believe like they all believe. I said, you know, that's okay. For now, it's, it's, uh, that's okay. That's all right, because the God of the Muslim is the God of Abraham. And the God of the Jew is the God of Abraham. And we have a whole lot more in common with folks than we choose to admit sometimes. And there's a game that society plays to divide God's people. We have a whole lot more in common with folks, spiritually, that are a little bit different in faith than us. And... God will reveal what we need to see and do by and by, but there's no way in the world we should convict these little kids that don't believe the exact same way as our kids do. But what we can do is be an example. And we saw this little girl a couple years later. I had the kids out, and she came running up to me and gave me a hug. And her mother was startled why she ran from her. But I think it was because of the interactions that we had had while I was coaching her. And that touched my heart so. It really did, because, because the barriers that, that separate us, he'll deal with that. He'll deal with that. And I've learned from that. And just as far as the family thing goes, just trying to be patient, trying to love, trying to understand that my wife comes from a female-dominated family. We're all guys. I'm the youngest of five sons. Mom and dad had five boys within four years and ten months, and I'm the youngest. Now, how do y'all okay. think I'm doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. I am very humble. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but it's, 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 it's good, and we're growing together, and we're working on things. And, and, you know, it's just no supposition on life being easy, because it isn't. But we're so blessed. We have more than we ever thought we'd have in life, ever. You know, and it's just, you know... Somebody asked me what I want for Christmas or Father's Day. I really can't put my mind around asking for anything. I don't need anything. I really don't. Don't want anything. Well, we have two. Our children are, are now 16 and 17. So we always, sometimes we have to say 16. They're both 16. They go, oh, they're twins. And so, you know, we were blessed. We prayed for our family, for children, and we were blessed to have a beautiful a daughter and son, and they have been the joy of our life, and we have an amazing family unit that has helped us because, um, you know, people think you have to do it all alone, and you don't, you know, and so I just, I'm just blessed to have so many people in our lives, you know, first God, and that we believe so, and, um, you know, our son, you know, he, he's 
all in church. He, you know, he when we give um, communion, he's picking up all every one thing. You know, and our daughter just sits back. They're both different, and so we have to treat them differently. And um, I want to thank you know all all those that have have helped us because it is a lot of work, but it's it's worth every bit of it. Let's give them a hand and take a few questions. In about, you go, question right here. Hey, uh, Bronson Duke. Um, you know, I was thinking about this as you guys were talking. In, in every profession, we all have areas where we're tempted to compromise and to do things maybe like the rest of the world does things. And I was curious, like within, and either one of you could answer this or both, with, within your profession, have you seen those areas where it's like, ooh, it would be easier to do it this way, but maybe it would be right or God-honoring to do it this way? Uh, what, what does that kind of rub look like in your world? I'm going to get real with you. As a black man, I have a tighter margin for error. I can't screw up, okay, because I don't feel like I was invited to the table in the first place. So I'm not going to overcharge anybody. I'm not going to bill for fictitious visits. I'm not going to invite any opportunity to, to, to hamstring myself. And, you know, as I give lectures on things, it, it's just some folks have a greater margin for error than others do. But my focus has been develop my skill set and try to control as many variables as I can as I've built my company. Because so, some things you can't control. But there's some things you can, like running on time, having a clean facility, being professional, well, those type things. So, you know, I really hadn't been, especially after what happened to Hell South, okay? I saw what happened with the accounting scandal. So I really, you know, don't want anything to do with anything that's not straight and narrow. You know, this session is about leading in faith, you know. Um, it is, it's very difficult and it, and, you know, when I came back to Arkansas, you know, I was fortunate to have um, a lot of support in our department. Dr. Kent Westbrook um, was a great leader and Suzanne Klemberg always um, supported me because there were a lot of people that did not want to see me there. I was the first African-American female to come back in surgery in their department. And you guys know the history of Little Rock, um, the Little Rock Nine, you know all of that. So things are, are difficult, but you, you know, sponsorship, through prayer, through prayer, you know, you continue to move forward. And, and when you're struggling, it's okay to get down on your knees Amen. or take a moment out of your day to say, you know, help me. And so we have to lead, lead with faith. You know, you have to have something that you truly believe in to get you through these tough situations. Hey, Trey Scallion, I've had the privilege and been very blessed to get to know Dr. Rob on Thursday nights with Dr. Hill on the radio show and uh, really, really feel like God put you in my life for a reason. I appreciate that. It's great to meet you today, too, Dr. Rhonda. Um, you know, I, you touched on this a little bit, uh, especially when, Dr. Rob, when you were talking about building a business and, you know, you have a wife that works long hours, very uh, intensive job and um, could you just talk a little bit in more detail from somebody? I related a lot to what you said. You know, I'm trying to build a business now myself, like it sounds like you did, coming from the corporate world. And um, I think I have a tendency to put a priority and an emphasis on the career and the professional building and 
monetary gain and things of that nature. But with two young kids and a young family, uh, with that being a greater priority for me, for me now than it has been in the past, and and also needing to spend some time on developing my faith and my spirituality. Can you talk a little bit, uh, both of you guys, about how you balance uh, that that stretch of your time and your energy and efforts to, to maintain a positive balance there? You know, I used to love playing golf. I still do. And I used to be pretty good at it. But there's something I realized. I was about, you know, maybe five handicap. But at Chennault, all the guys that were really good at golf had kids that they, you know, were talking back to their mom and everything. I'm not going to say bad kids because, you know, but, but they were a little bit trying. And, you know, to play around the golf, it takes six hours. I had to quit playing golf to be a good dad. Now, I'd get out and go hit balls every once in a while, but you you got to make every moment count that you have and you'll, you'll it'll all fit in together there there may be something that you really really like to do that you just can't do as much right now as you're building your practice or, or whatever you know remember i didn't plan on starting my own company i thought i had a great job best job in the world i thought back then but what i'm doing now is even more rewarding and fulfilling and and and, and i'm getting a greater return on it um but just be honest with yourself and set your priorities and Rob, do what you can. Rob said it earlier, you know, you're 100% in because your 100% is different um, for each one of you, for him. You know, he knows that I'm going to be out, up at five, you know, and I'm, I may not be home to seven. Somebody got to get the kids and feed them, you know. And so, but the things that I do great, I do great. You know, I make sure everything is taken care of, that he doesn't have to worry about anything. But I know when, when I get home, we're going to have dinner, you know. So you have to have... Something somewhere. How do you manage that? You know, um, I wish I could say I come home and cook every night. I don't, I don't, I'm not the one that gets dinner. And so, and it's okay for us. Yeah. You know, it's okay for us because we had to do what, what works for us. Um, yeah. And so, but... I know he is going to take care of everything. He's an amazing business person. Um, and so it, it works well. well. Grind it out. Some days are better than others, though. <laughs> Last question. Okay. Um, Rob and Rhonda, I love you guys as a couple, as a spiritual unit. Um, Rob. Thank you, you know, Rhonda's my friend. Thank you for backing her, you know, and, and she's a hard person to back. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't say anything. Well, no, it's just not, it's not hard, it's not hard anymore. Yeah, I just, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, and it's, it's, uh, it's hard for, well, maybe it's easy for you, but it's hard for, guys to support women, at least black guys, to support their women like you do, Rhonda. Um, and I've seen, Rhonda, you, you, under, you undersell what you do. I went to Zambia with you. Um, I thought I was going on a 
Um, Maestro. Safari. <laughs> Rhonda was up at like four and five in the morning in the hospital. Sometime they didn't have electricity. She had a line around the building and she, she brought her own equipment, had it shipped from I don't know where, um, called, called UMS and told them she needed something and they, they got it to her. You know, so she's working with, you know, the heat, no, no electricity sometimes, you know, women just lining up. They didn't want her to stop. So you, I mean, I have the utmost respect for both of you. I just uh, like, you know, thank you for saying that. And when you're in relationships, you have to know each other and you have to understand what you can give to your relationship. I always think, you know, relationships fail when people aren't equally yoked or they don't talk to each other because it is so important to know your partner and be able to work with your partner. And everything doesn't have to be so traditional. And so you have to work together to make that happen. You do, and, and the thing about it is, this is why I tell people in our organization, would you rather be right or would you rather win? And then what's your definition of winning? But success being interchangeable with the word winning. Because I think folks get too caught up now on every situation being right when it may just be a difference of opinions versus actually reaching your goals, winning, right? So that's, that's just, it's, it's, again, being equally yoked, it's easier to, to agree upon goals that you have. Well, y'all know we could stay here all evening and you see why the integrity of this couple and how the inspiration of me being around Dr. Rob every week and um, I'm motivated, looking forward to seeing him and emailing and text and he sent me articles of stuff that I sent on to my son about, you know, recovery and those type of things and, you know, the run of the role models that you all are for, for the world. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's just incredible. And let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> And, and the reason, the number one, that I'm in Little Rock, and the reason that I know this couple is because of my longtime high school friend, Steve Snyder, who introduced him to me, who stepped in. I'm going to ask him, he's an elder in fellowship, to come close us out in prayer. Would you, Steve? And if you want to say a word or two, because Steve introduced me to, to the Tillmans in 2005 when they were neighbors. How you doing, brother? Good to see you. I'm going to come up here with you guys. Can I do that? Hey, I, I love this couple. We had that. Give me a hug. <laughs> I hadn't seen you in a while. Oh, how you doing? Good. Um, I had the privilege of being neighbors with this uh, amazing couple a long time ago. My kids were young. You, did, you guys didn't have kids yet. So we got to do life together. You and Chase got yeah. to hang out together. Yeah, but I, and one of my kids broke out their window with a golf ball one day. And so you knew who did it, yeah. So Rob, Rob had a little fun with that. Uh, but I have great respect and admiration for them in so many ways. So it's a privilege to close out and pray for you guys. Let's pray.
Lord, we just uh, give thanks for being inspired today by Rob and Rhonda for their lives, for your work in their hearts, uh, for how you've inspired them and gifted them to serve others and the amazing impact that their lives have on so many. And uh, I just pray, Lord, that we can be inspired from their story, from their heart, from their work, for how they live their lives to do the same, that you'll use us um, to do the same in our lives. And so we give thanks and we pray for them. We pray for them as they continue to love and, and raise their kids, that you'll guide them in that, that you'll guide them in their business and in their practices, um, and that you'll bless them um, beyond anything they can imagine. We give thanks for your love, for the hope that we have in you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all. Y'all come up and say that. Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review. Things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, if you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at, at NLC Downtown Little Rock to follow along with the life of our church.